All right, why don't you grab your Bibles, if you would, turn to the book of Matthew, and if you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. We've got a Bible inside of the church app. You can open it right up, and inside of the app, you'll also find our sermon notes, and so you can follow along with me. But before we go any further, if you are a father in the house, would you stand up on your feet, please? Come on, stand up, stand up. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, congratulations for everything you've done. You've done a marvelous job. And I want you to know you've done better than you think you have, all right? You've done better than you think you have. I'm real excited about the series that we're starting today. It's on the Holy Spirit. It's going to be over the next few weeks. And if you're ever going to commit to a series, if you're ever going to say, I'm going to listen to this whole series, I'm going to come uh, for the next three weeks or the next four weeks, Uh, We have series all the time, one after another. But if you're ever going to commit to a series, this is the one you want to commit to. It's probably one of the most important ones we'll do all year long. And so uh, I just want you to know it's going to equip you. It's going to empower you. And uh, I just want to say thank you to the Bettingers for doing a class on the Holy Spirit this past fall. I've heard so many good things. Why don't you stand up and just wave at everybody. Uh, Everybody needs to know who you are. We love them so much. They're going out of town for six months, so I call that your Jonah expedition. (laughs) I'm just kidding. All right, so we're going to dive right into it. Uh, Let's go right now to the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 16. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now that's a a fantastic scripture for a multitude of reasons. But the one I want to point out is it's a scripture that points to the Trinity. It Within that one sentence, you see God the Father... You see God the Son, and you see God the Holy Spirit. That is called the Trinity. They're three separate beings, but yet they're one. Now, before your mind goes, I just want you to know that you too are three separate beings, yet one. You are flesh, soul, and spirit. You are made in the type and shadow of your Father, So you are flesh, soul, and spirit. There's three parts of you. Then there's God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. There's three parts of him. And the good news is, is that when we get to heaven, one of our parts, the flesh, is not coming with us. Can somebody go, yes! Yes. I don't know about you. If you are looking for me in heaven, you may not recognize me, okay? Okay. I've said this before in the past. I'm not going to look like this. I'm going to look like Fabio. I'm going to have long blonde hair. I'm never going to walk. I'm going to fly everywhere I go. I'm going to have an anchor tattoo. (laughs) Uh, I'm just telling you, I'm not going to look like this, all right? Um, But you too are a triune being. And so don't make it more complex than what it, what it needs to be, even though it's so complex, our minds can't wrap around it. 
And so uh, just kind of take that little piece. But in that verse, what we see is Jesus is being baptized by John the Baptist. That's God the Son, Jesus Christ. And then the writer says, whoa, there's, it's like a dove. He describes the Holy Spirit like a dove. He didn't say it was a dove. He said it was like a dove. And what I love about the scriptures is anytime somebody had a vision of God or a vision of heaven, um, a vision of the Holy Spirit, they don't have the words to describe what they're seeing. The Bible says that no eye has seen, no mind can comprehend, no ear has heard what the Lord has prepared for those who he loves and who loves him. Can't, can't even imagine it. And so the person saw it was like, it, 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 yeah, it looked like, um, it looked like a, like a dove. And if you read the book of Revelations, John the Revelator, he describes what he sees when he's looking at Jesus and he doesn't have the words. He looks at Jesus's hair and it's like, his hair looked like, um, uh, it wasn't gray, it wasn't white, it, it looked like wool um, in his eyes. It, uh, they weren't glowing, so, and, but it, it looked, it, he had such a hard time that every characteristic that he saw is like he looked like, because our minds cannot comprehend it. And so first of all, you got Jesus being baptized. That's God the Son. You got the Holy Spirit's coming down. That's God the Holy Spirit. And then God the Father says, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. I just feel like the Spirit wants me to say something that I, I didn't say in the first service and second service. Every child... I'm talking to the fathers in this room because it's Father's Day. Every child, more than needing help financially, more than needing anything from you, they need you to say, I'm proud of you. Yes. More than anything. More than anything. And, and, and when you pass away, uh, that will be what your kids will talk about the most on whether or not you said that enough. And, and I just want you, if you want to feel like you want to raise the bar as a dad, uh, you get on the phone with your son or your daughter and just say, hey, I just want you to know I'm proud of you. And, and if you say, well, I'm just not like that, well, get like that. That's right. All right? Say, that was good preaching right there. That was good. Get like that. And so uh, he says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And so what we see there is, is the Trinity. And, and we're going to talk specifically about the Holy Spirit for the next few weeks. And this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, um, uh, let me make sure I, I say it in the right order. Uh, we are going to talk about, I'm going to say it in the order that I gave it to the tech booth so they can put it on the screen. But I'm not necessarily going to 
teach it in this order in the next couple weeks. But um, I'm going to cover these topics. Who is the Holy Spirit? Why is the Holy Spirit important? I'm going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, Before I get too far into it today, uh, I want to talk about this uh, legend that I read about an Indian an American Indian, he came out of the mountains and for the first time in his life, he saw the ocean. He was overwhelmed because he'd never seen waves look like that. He'd, he'd never seen anything as far as he could see was just this great ocean. And so he took a bottle and he went into the ocean and he began to scoop it up. And somebody asked him, what are you doing? And he said, my people in the mountains have never seen the great waters. And so I'm going to put it in this bottle so that they can see it. (laughs) You cannot show the vastness of the greatness of the ocean by capturing it and putting it in a bottle. Just like I cannot in the next three weeks. Take the power and the glory and the intimacy and in the dynamics of the Holy Spirit and put it in three weeks. Why am I telling you that? For two reasons. Number one, it's very personal. I don't want any emails on Monday morning. All right? Okay, you got to cover this. Are you going to talk about that? Are you going to talk about this? Are you going to talk about that? Well, if you know so much, enjoy it. Read about it. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to talk about the fruits. I'm going to talk about the gifts. I'm going to talk about his character. But the other thing I want to talk about, the the other reason why I'm mentioning that is there are so many layers of the Holy Spirit that I want to challenge you to get to know him and to read about him and your own. Don't just rely as your source of, of insight of the teacher on Sunday. I want you to peel it back, peel it back, because it's like this treasure that every time you peel it back, it just gets sweeter and more rich. So that's my challenge for you. So today we're going to talk about the name of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the need of the Holy Spirit and the communion of the Holy Spirit. The name, the need, and communion. Name, need, communion. The name of the Holy Spirit is very interesting because it's the Holy Spirit. Like that's an interesting name to have. And when it's the Holy Spirit, it almost sounds like the Holy Spirit is an it. And and that uh, is not the case at all. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. Now, how do we know that he's a he? I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. We know that the Holy Spirit is a he. Because Jesus told us he was a he. Let me, let me read it to you. Uh, it, it reads like this in John 14, 16. But the helper, that's what I love, is Jesus describes his primary job description. His primary job description is not to be a Santa Claus and bring us gifts. His primary job description is right there. A helper. Or a comforter. If you have ever struggled with anything in your life, and if you're struggling right now with worry, concern, stress, if there's anything, this is why the Holy Spirit is here. He's here to comfort us and to help us. Now watch this. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, 
He will teach you all things. Have you ever read the Bible before on your own time and, and you read like a chapter and then you stop and you're like, I have no idea what I just read. Come on, raise your hand, liars. <laughs> I have no idea what I just read. And if you do that two or three or four times, then you stop wanting to read the Bible. Because every time you read it, you're like, I have no idea what I just read. It just looks like black and red ants on a page. I have no idea what I just read. I want to encourage you to keep on reading it because the Holy Spirit Part of his job is not just to comfort you, and we know this out of the verse we just read, not just to comfort you, but to bring back to remembrance at the right time what you read. So you may have forgot it, but in that moment, you've already put it there. You've already put it here. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit will bring back to you what you put in. You got to make a deposit in order to make a withdrawal. Are you with me? And so that's what the Holy Spirit says. He will bring back to remembrance what he had taught you. And so this is what Jesus is saying, is it's a he. Just say out loud, the Holy Spirit is a he. One, two, three. Oh, you guys sound good. All right, now this is a, what else I want to talk about regarding his name. It's an interesting name because with God... Um, all of his names are simple and understandable. He's got many names. Jesus, simple and understandable. What's his name? Jesus. And then you say the Holy Spirit. What's his name? Holy Spirit. Well, what is his name? I, I told you it's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Okay, it's the Holy Spirit. But what's his name? The Holy Spirit. This is why it's so hard. Watch this. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. Now you, some guy comes along and says, I am going to translate this. And I'm sure he had a team of people. We're going to translate this from Greek and Hebrew to English. Now that's not as easy as it sounds. I'll give you an example. Right now we have somebody behind that wall and they are talking into a microphone. And they are translating in Spanish to people in this room with white headphones on. And so I'm speaking in English and they're translating it. Now what's interesting is they always want my notes before the service starts. As if I'm going to follow those. <laughs> the reason why is there are some words in English that don't translate very easily in Spanish. And there's some Spanish words that don't translate as easy in English. Have you ever been talking to somebody who's bilingual? And they're talking to you in English and all of a sudden they're, they're, they can't find that word. And then they start talking to somebody else who's bilingual and they start talking Spanish to each other and you're standing there feeling like a, an idiot because you don't know Spanish. And they're talking to each other, and then they come up with the right word. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Translation is not as easy as it sounds. This is why it's not easy to translate Holy Spirit into English. Because in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for spirit is ruach. We're going to say that together. Now, when you say it, you got to feel it right here. Ruach. 
It's almost like you're about to spit. All right. Let's do it on three. Ruach. One, two, three. Did, did you feel your? Did you? Let's do it again. One, two, three. Ruach. Very good. You just learned Hebrew. Okay. So that's Ruach. Now watch this. This is the reason why you, we have a translation issue. Because the definition, when they said Ruach, it's wind, breath, or blast of breath. You try translating that to English with one word. Or, watch this, in Greek, it's not ruach, it's pneuma. The P is silent, pneuma. Now, here's the definition of pneuma. A current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze or wind. So this is what they're saying. All, Jesus is going to go away. This blast of breath is going to replace Jesus in this blast of breath, this current of air is going to comfort you. Put that in one word. And so they backed up and they said, best word we can come up with is spirit, which is actually an improvement from their first swing. Their first swing was ghost. Uh, it sounds like a ghost. You try inviting people to church with that. Hey, you got to come to my church. Why? Holy Ghost is there. I'll watch it online. <laughs> we used to have the words Holy Spirit on the sign, and then we realized it's really hard to invite friends to church with that on the sign. Uh, I've only had like one or two people complain that it came off the sign, and it's interesting because it's those one or two people that have never brought a friend to church. And I keep saying... You bring a friend to church and let me know how that goes. Um, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And that's where we find the two extremes right there. You got some people that don't understand the Holy Spirit, and so they pretend like it's not there. That's a big problem because it's the only thing that is here. God is in heaven. Right hand is Jesus. Here on earth is the Holy Spirit, and it's in the Bible 800 times. So if you ignore that, we got a big problem. Number one, we're operating alone. Number two, you got a lot of skipping to do when you read the Bible. Skip that, skip that, skip that, skip that, skip that. Hey, I read the whole Bible in like five minutes. So we, we got to make sure that we embrace it. So here's the thing. Whenever we translate it, we're going to have to go ahead and embrace the fact that even though his name is hard for our brains to wrap around, let's just go ahead and accept his name and know that the more we get to know him, the more comfortable we're going to be because that's his assignment yeah. is to comfort us. Yeah. If you're ever uncomfortable in a room around the Holy Spirit, it's only because somebody in that room is misrepresenting him because the Holy Spirit brings comfort. It doesn't bring confusion, brings comfort. And so here we go. That's, that's a, a, a good explanation, a brief explanation of his name. But why do we need the Holy Spirit? We need the Holy Spirit because you and I, all man have, we all have two major problems. The minute we were born, ah, the minute we were born, we had two problems. Number one, 
is we have a, a, a need for forgiveness. Number two, we have a need for goodness. Forgiveness and goodness. And so God the Father is in heaven. He sees these two major problems and he says, look, I'm going to give you two gifts that's going to fix both of those problems. The first one was incredibly sacrificial because he gave Jesus Christ, his one and only son, as a sacrifice to pay for our sins on the cross. And that took care of forgiveness. Number two, he looked at our desire and our need and our deficiency for good and said, you're having a trouble being good. I don't know about you, but I have said to myself, you're not going to say that anymore. You're not going to say that anymore. You're not going to say, ah, oh, I said it again. Okay, you're not going to do that anymore. You're not going to do that. Ah, oh, I did it again. Have you ever had trouble doing good? Yeah. Have you ever? Thank you, all three of you. Okay. Just have trouble being good. It's almost the best parallel I can make is, okay, salads are good. I'm supposed to like salads. I don't because I'm not an animal that's bred to walk around outside eating grass. What I like, if we want to talk about animals outside, is bluebell ice cream. That's what I like. I like bluebell. I don't like salads. I'm supposed to like salads, but I don't like salads. What I do like, I'm not supposed to like. And what I'm not supposed to like, I do like. We got trouble. When somebody is irritating you and you want to tell them off, you want to look at the Lord and say, I know that you're always watching me, but for the next five minutes, will you not? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to tell you a little bit about yourself and your mom. I don't know your mom, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about you and your mom. Get ready. We want to tell, we want, and so now you got this inward struggle of trying to be good, but you can't be good. You're, you want to love God more, but you just don't. You want to be more forgiving. Has somebody ever told you you just need to forgive them? And you're like, I do. <laughs> well, how about this? I don't forgive them and I don't forgive you. <laughs> you, you know you're supposed to forgive them. You just can't. You know you're supposed to be a worshiper. You just can't. And this is when the Holy Spirit comes and says, you're having trouble being good. I'm going to change your appetite. It's almost like all of a sudden you just don't like ice cream. And you say, that would be a miracle. Exactly! <laughs> How many of you, the Holy Spirit has done so much in your life that when you look back at yourself in the past, you think to yourself, I can't believe I used to be like that. Raise your hand. That's right. I can't believe I used to talk like that. I can't believe I used to maybe dress like that. I, don't, I can't believe I used to act like that. The Holy Spirit has been changing you all along into his likeness. The likeness of who? Jesus. And you say, I am nothing like Jesus. No, but you're a lot closer than you used to be. Amen. And how did that happen? It was the second gift 
the Holy Spirit. The first one took care of one problem, which was a forgiveness issue, a repentance issue. The second one took care of the other problem of making you better, making you good. Everybody say, I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when he was with his disciples, he was leaving. And the disciples were distraught because they were having fish fries with Jesus on the beach, literally. In fact, the world's largest fish fry. It's in the record books. Record book. Uh, 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves. That's a serious fish fry. And all of a sudden, Jesus is saying, not only are we not going to have breakfast anymore, but I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm, you're not going to see me again. And look at the exchange here between Jesus and the disciples in John chapter 16, verse 5. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. I'm going to see my father. But none of you seem interested in the purpose of my going. No, we're not. All we know is you're leaving us and we're not happy about it. Right? None wonders why. Instead... You are only filled with sorrow. You're sad. But the fact of the matter is that it is best for you that I go away. For if I don't, the comforter won't come. If I do, he will, for I will send him to you. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. In fact, in John 14, 18, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. Some of you are very intellectual. And you like to look at different religions and contrast them with Jesus Christ and Christianity. I want to warn you in that because the enemy likes to play with those types of explorations. But let me just acknowledge one point. The founder of Buddhism was bidding his followers farewell. And you know how he said bye? He said, you guys need to start being your own light. Jesus does not look at us and say, it's time for you to take care of yourself. He's saying, no, I'm actually about to be closer. I'm about to be so close, it's going to be like wind on your face. It's about to be wind through your soul. I'm about to be closer. I'm about to comfort you. Now watch this. Socrates was about to take that last fatal cup that many of you have read about. One of his disciples mourned and he says, I feel as though you're leaving us as orphans. Contrast that with Jesus when he says, I will never leave you as an orphan. Who, my, my wife and I um, had an interesting exchange yesterday. Um, we were having a family day at the house. So that means we're going to try not to leave and we're just going to stay at the house. I noticed all morning long, she wasn't really talking to me. I just kind of picked that up. And if you're married in this room, you're like, okay, you keep talking. The afternoon came, she wasn't really talking to me. And so I think only husbands will relate to this. I thought, I think we're fighting. <laughs> uh, and so I started thinking, what did I do? What did I do? And I'm like, well, if, if we're fighting, I'm going to win. <laughs> but I don't know what we're fighting about. And so I'm thinking, what do we, so I'm like, okay, well then, I'm not, you're not here either then. So it's on. 
If I'm not here, you're not here. You're not going to talk to me. I'm not going to talk to you. I won't even see you. You're lucky I'm going to let you breathe the same air as me. We're talking. And it's just like, so really start bugging me. I'm like, I don't even know what I did. So now I'm waiting for the kids to leave so I can talk to her about it. I'm like, what did I do? All of a sudden she comes walking in the room around four o'clock. She's crying. I'm like, oh man, I really did it this time. Man, you know what that feels like. It's like, I did it. I don't know what I did, but I didn't know it was this bad. This is not going to be good. She's crying. And so I, I went to my best play, you know, the, the, the dumb card. <laughs> Are you crying? <laughs> you, you, you okay? Everything all right? Man, you play the dumb card. It's your best play. Here you go. You okay? Everything okay? She looks at me and she goes, I'm not okay. I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me, Lord, help me. I got to preach tomorrow and it's about to go down. She goes, I'm not okay, Frankie. I'm not okay, okay? I'm not okay. And she's crying. She goes, this is my first Father's Day where I don't have a dad. All day long, I'm thinking that I did something and... You ever have those moments in a life when you realize it's not about you? <laughs> you mean people aren't thinking about me all day long? <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, geez. Man, why did, how, how did I not catch this? Um, and so she's like, I'm not okay. And, and she just started talking and my heart just broke. My dad is 61, and he told me, he said, you know, when my mom died, he's 61. He goes, it's really interesting because I've got kids, I've got grandkids. He goes, but there's a part of me that feels like an orphan because I don't have any parents. How many of you have lost one or both parents? Raise your hand. How many of you wave that hand? You know what, I'm ta- you know what they're talking about. See, I, I don't know what my wife was talking about. I don't know what my dad was talking about because I have both parents. But the idea that I would be in this world without being somebody's kid is just hard on me. And, and, and as I understand it, whether you're my wife's age or you're my father's age, you just always want to be somebody's kid. Jesus knew that about us. And he said, you're, you're always, you're never going to be alone. You're never going to have a problem where you're alone. You're never going to sleep in a room where you're alone. You're going to be in rooms where there's a lot of people, but yet you still feel all alone. You're never, ever alone. You're never alone. This is, this is why we need the Holy Spirit. He's always with us. He's always near. Now, the communion with the Holy Spirit. The Bible had an interesting word when it talked about talking to him because it doesn't say talk to the Holy Spirit. Um, it says have communion with the Holy Spirit, which is interesting. And it's even interesting why that sentence is even there in the Bible. I'll read it to you in a minute. But let me give you some background on it. Paul was writing a letter to the church of Corinth. This church had a lot of problems. 
If you're looking for a good church home and this is your first time, this is an awesome church home. We're just a healthy family. Can somebody just wave around? This is a healthy church. Just a, just a healthy church. You know, you can, if you've ever been a part of an unhealthy church, you know what it feels like to be a part of a healthy church, right? Wave your hand if this is a healthy church, right? Just, just healthy. Well, the church of Corinth was not a healthy church. They just had problems. And not only did they have problems, but they were putting up with the problem. Like when you got a certain problem, there's certain bad roots. You got to dig deep, dig fast, and dig it out, throw it out. Let me show you an example. There was one particular case where there's a young man. He was sleeping with his stepmom, and everybody in the church kind of thought that it was funny. Paul was like, this is not funny. This is not cool. This is not good. They were talking bad about each other. They were, uh, sometimes they would just start praying. People in the congregation would just start praying out loud out of nowhere. And Paul's like, he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. People are going to think you're crazy if you keep doing this. The church was in disarray. And so he wrote one letter. It was still in disarray. Wrote a second letter. Still didn't help. Finally, the last sentence of the last chapter He writes these words. He says this. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. This is his last sentence. He says this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. It's almost like he's saying this. He's going, look, we are fighting an enemy that has fiery darts that's going to constantly be throwing things in your direction. He's going to deal with you with finances. He's going to mess with your health. He's going to mess with your emotions. He's going to, he's just constantly, it's just constant. And if I try to keep up with the enemy by addressing every single issue that he ever throws at you, I'm not going to just write you two letters. I'm probably going to have to write you a thousand letters. But if you just have communion with the Holy Spirit, everything else is just going to take care of itself. I looked up the word communion. The word communion means to share your intimate thoughts and feelings. The Holy Spirit is always near. And as we begin to progress in this series, I'm going to talk about when he's near, he allows certain fruits and gifts to develop inside of you. I'm going to talk about all that stuff. But if we got to just start at the most simple, basic, fundamental fact, there's a comforter, a comforter that's here that says, look, I'm going to go through everything with you and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. Just talk to me talk to me. Would you stand up on your feet for me, please? And bow your head and close your eyes. Nobody looking around. I'd like our prayer partners to come down, if they would, all throughout the building. Nobody looking around. How is your relationship with Jesus? If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, are you 100% absolutely sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, are you ready to see him? If the answer is no, I'm I'm not 100% sure ready. If I had to see him right now, I'm not ready. 
Would you just raise your hand right where you are? Come on, raise your hand real high all throughout the room. Hands are going up all over the room. Lots of hands are up. If we can just raise both hands as a sign of surrender, can we just say this simple prayer? Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Would you please forgive me? I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I I like to say this scripture at the end of every service because I want it to be buried in our heart. In Psalms 56, 9, it says, every single time you pray, the tide of the battle turns. If there's a battle in your life and you're just done with it, I want to encourage you to come out of your seat. Take the hand of a prayer partner. Let them pray with you. Let that tide begin to turn. Let God, let the Holy Spirit begin to move in your behalf. No official dismissal. You can leave whenever you get ready. But may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and deliver you. And may the grace and peace of God be with you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.